All right, you guys had asked for it. Uh, you know, we, we, we've been doing the interviews, and, and one that keeps coming up in the comments is when are you going to have Peter on, Peter Finch? Well, guess what? Today's the day. Today's the day, man. Today is the day. And super excited because Pete has so much on the fire right now. Um, just incredible. Not only the growth that he's had in his, his main YouTube channel, which is where most people know him from. He's coming up on a half a million subscribers. Jeez. But addition to that, he's recently launched another YouTube channel in a way kind of going back to his roots of doing instruction. Right. You know, he's got a lot of instruction on there, Swing Quest. Um, but he's also got his own journey going right now, his own quest for the Open Championship, mm -hmm. trying to make it to the Open Championship. And yeah. he's got this just really fun, really entertaining new series where he's challenging head pros yep. at different courses and playing against them. So a lot going on. A lot on the fire, and and he's even in the in just in the last we've seen him, which was believe it or not pre COVID, was the last time we ran into Pete. Since then, so many changes. He's got the brand new office. I remember the video where he built it out and he showed everything. Just incredible, like uh, just so much going on that I'm excited to, to to get him on and let's dig into it and talk about yeah, it. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff we're gonna chat about. I, I can't wait for it, and I have a fun hypothetical I gotta ask him to. Yeah, yeah. Put him on the spot. We're a little put him bit. right on the spot, and I'm gonna, I hope he makes him think a little bit. For sure, yeah. for sure. So this one's going to be fun. We won't keep you waiting any longer. Let's do a, a quick word from our sponsors, and then we're going to bring Peter Finch on the show. All right, guys, when it comes to premium performance golf balls, the Pro V1 and Pro V1X have proven to be the best choice for most players. And you probably know the Titleist offers yet another alternative in the premium category. That is the AVX, which we've got here. It's been a golf ball that I have played on and off for quite some time. And guys, if you're looking for longer distance, especially with your irons, great scoring control into the greens, and you prefer that softer feel, the new AVX is for you. And that is exactly why for me, Mike, I just love the soft feel. Yep. We did a ball fitting. I was right in between the AVX and the Pro V1. The Pro V1 recently has gotten a little bit of a softer feel, but there are just some rounds when I just want that softer feel just a little bit more than the Pro V1. I go with the AVX. Uh, it's just been an incredible golf ball. It's designed with a new core formulation, a softer cast urethane elastomer cover system, and a new aerodynamic dimple design. A whole lot of stuff that the Titleist engineers worry about, so you don't yeah, have exactly. to. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, it, but it really, what it really translates to is a long, you know, longer distance, a low, more consistent flight, very low long game and iron spin, and that softer feel. It just gives you that green side control, and for me, it's green side control and confidence. I love the soft feel around the greens especially. Uh, it's available on the white or the high optic yellow. You can level up your game with the new Titleist AVX. Learn more at Titleist.com. And this podcast is sponsored by Gosling's Rum, the creator of the Dark and Stormy Cocktail, which is the official cocktail of the 19th hole, guys. International Dark and Stormy Day is coming up soon. Perfect day for it today, too, because we got it's, it is literally dark and it's stormy dark and outside. It's dark and stormy out there. But let's just so. say for next week for that, we have a little something in store. I hope you're thirsty because we're going to be doing something fun on the show with this and more. So stay tuned for that. But let me tell you a little about Dark and Stormy Day is the day that Gosling celebrates all their fans and the super fans across the world who have made the Dark and Stormy one of the most popular cocktails, believe it or not, on the planet. It's a delicious combo of uh, Gosling's Black Seal Rum, which you see right here. By the way, this bottle is awesome, Frank. We're going to pop that out. You can pop it out yeah. now. I'll take it out next week. But you, co you combine that with their uh, spicy ginger beer i know you like ginger beer yeah you you speak my language yeah right you put those two together it puts together a beautiful dark and stormy so guys i want you to visit goslingsrum.com shop their sweet limited edition goslings golf merch yes they got golf merch and you can order beverages delivered right to your doorstep and you're going to get 15 dollars off your order of goslings rum ginger beer dark and stormy cans just use the promo golficity at checkout this offer is valid through august 31st of this year and guys don't forget to drink responsibly. And speaking of which, you know it's around the corner. Father's Day. Yep. I know you're asking and you're thinking. These guys got you covered. They got you covered. Use that coupon code GOLFICITY. You'll see plenty of ideas there. And we're happy to have them as a new sponsor on the show. All right. Let's jump right into our interview now with Peter Finch. All right. So this is great. We've got Peter Finch here with us today. Pete, it, it's great to have you. I'm, I'm so excited to get to chat with you today. Yeah, cheers, Mike. Cheers, Frank. It's uh, it's good to be here, speaking from a very sunny slash not sunny Manchester. So it's a good day to be indoors here. 
<laughs> you know, it, the last time we saw you, Pete, in person, I believe we were just talking about this before the show came on. I believe it was YouTube Golf Day in the lobby at Formby, and that that was it. I mean, I don't. I think the, we saw you at the YouTube, uh, PGA show. We were debating if that was 2019 or 2020. We don't remember, but it's been a while. It's been a while. It's good to see your face. Been, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's been ages. I mean, I think everything, everything from two years ago, kind of post pandemic, just seems to. I don't know. It's just from a time, a time that I forgot. Really, I, I, everything just blurs into one from the last, uh, the last two years. But yeah, it's been it's been a while. I'll say it's been a while. I think normally with certainly everyone in the line of what we do, so online content, like you're never not seeing people. So even if you do kind of not directly speak to someone for a few years, it doesn't really feel like that. So right, yeah. But I tell you what, speaking of two years, you personally have, have, there's been so much, so much in the last two years. I'm thinking even just seeing in the background, the, the new office, amazing what you've done with that place, uh, launching another YouTube channel, which we're going to talk about swing quest. Uh, again, the quest for the open. I mean, you've got a lot going on, so we've got a lot to talk about, but before we dig into that, let's kind of rewind a little bit. And this is something we like to do with our guests, you know, Give kind of a, a perspective of where things got their start because you think like yourself and, and your YouTube channel, it, it's so established at this point. It's just so well known that to a certain extent, sometimes we take it for granted. It's like, oh yeah, that's Peter Finch's channel. You know, he does great stuff with whatever. But let's go back. I mean, you've you've been on the platform for quite some time, you know, eight, eight years or so. So tell us a little bit about how that started for you. Uh, I, purely, um, it was just down to cash. Oh, car, hot, cold, hard money. Uh, that's what it was all about. So I was at um, Trafford Golf Centre, which is a driving range. Uh, I was a PJ Pro and a coach. Um, and when I got to Trafford, Rick Shields, Andy Carter, and a few of the lads who I went to college with, they'd already been doing a little bit of YouTube. And Rick's diary at Trafford was the fullest. And the only thing he was doing differently was youtube videos now until that point i i honestly don't think i'd ever been on youtube i didn't know anything about it um so i started uploading my own coaching videos i started to get more lessons and it was a very strange scenario when effectively i was giving away the advice that i would be imparting in a lesson for free on youtube videos but people were watching it saying that's what they were struggling with and then coming in for a lesson and I, even even now, it still it still kind of pickles my brain a little bit. But I carried on doing it. Um, the channel grew more successful. Then we started branching out to different videos, and that's where for me things really started to change because YouTube then started to more from purely informational. So I was giving advice on golf to then going out doing course vlogs, playing golf, and people seem to enjoy them even more and that's when that's when it got very confusing for me like to, to go out to play golf to film it to upload it and then for people to enjoy that I'm, I'm still not quite sure I understand it but <laughs> it's it's gone from the point now where I was doing nothing but coaching videos to now on my main channel doing very few to launching a new coaching channel so it's almost come full circle really you, you know, it's funny you say that because when we did have Rick on the show, speaking of Rick Shields, we were talking about him and how he got his start. And then we, we, we referenced you and he mentioned that when you guys were at the same academy or where you were teaching, when he started doing videos, he said one day he went around the corner and he noticed that you started doing them off in the corner. Was Rick like an inspiration to you or, or saying you, you saw him doing that? You saw those guys doing that. So you felt like you just, I got to be in that space. I got to start putting my face on camera and getting stuff out there. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, like I said, it, I think like most things in any in any environment, business environment especially, like if you see something that other people are doing and you can see how it's working and you think that you can offer something a little bit different and you think you can have a, a little bit of that pie, then it certainly was a, an eye-opener. And like I said, until that point, I didn't really know anything about about social media the only platform i think i was on was facebook just same as everyone else um and then twitter and apart from that didn't really know anything about it i'll never forget uploading my first 
Instagram posts um, when I was, I don't even know if it's still on there actually, uploading my first Instagram posts when I was up in Manchester. And I thought Instagram was purely somewhere where you put a photo on, you applied filters, messed around with it, and then you had it for yourself. So I started to get messages after about a week of uploading pictures saying, if you're going to upload pictures, did you mind telling us like where they are, what they're about? Right. And that was literally the first time I knew somebody else could see my pictures on Instagram. (laughs) So that's, that's how little I knew of it. But I'm very much someone who gets into things um and then learns as they go i'm I'm not i'm not someone to kind of take a step back analyze and then do i Mm. do make mistakes and then and then carry on from there so it was a it was a very steep learning curve doing the youtube videos but i'm i'm obviously very glad i did now yeah for for sure and and now you're so adept at it and so comfortable on camera. And I remember even in a recent video you did, you know, time for something new where you mentioned about swing quest. And one thing that you mentioned in there was that a lot of people come to you for advice, starting their own YouTube channels and things like that. So you've learned a lot along the way, but what was it like when you first got started? Did, did you, was there a, a bit of a, an awkwardness about it? I know, again, going back to when we spoke with Rick, I know he said he had a little bit of a drama background that made it a little bit easier for him to be on camera. Um, when, you know, we spoke with Matt Fisher, same thing, Mr. Short Game. He said he came from a little bit of an acting background. He had some acting. Now, ourselves, we never did that. And I'm wondering about you. Did, did, is, was this your first time really in front of a camera in that way? No. I, yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. The no was uh, to answer the question of, was it comfortable? And am I still comfortable? And honestly, uh, no. I mean, it gets easier. But certainly with with Rick, and um, obviously I've known him for quite a few years, Rick is very much, as you can probably tell, like a showman. You know, he, he enjoys that spotlight. Um, whereas... I mean, the first video I did, and I've left it up on my channel, was me at the range. I got in when it opened at six o'clock. I shut the whole academy down so I could film this five-minute pitching video so nobody could see what I was doing. Like The idea of filming and somebody in person watching that was was really weird. And even now, if I'm filming, if I'm filming there are other people around, I'm very kind of self-conscious of it because it is still... For me, it's still quite strange. I think people who have grown up a little bit more comfortable with social media and with certainly, um, you know, there's a camera of really good quality on every phone now. Everybody can have um, a decent production value with the phones at the moment. So people get used to being on a camera much quicker. For me, it's still it's still very strange. The whole the whole thing is strange and weird, mm-hmm. but. I don't. I don't mind that. I think it keeps me and reminds me that yeah, this is a, this is a very weird thing that we're doing, but it's amazing. So it is. And well, the good news is on this end, it no longer shows. You 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 seem very comfortable, and I think more importantly, very relatable uh, on camera. Uh, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people can relate, and I think that's why people get very attached to even beyond, as you said, now going beyond instruction into other things, your own personal quest, the journeys you've been on, whether it be fitness or different types of golf gains or chasing like the open. I think a large part of that is what we feel is that relatability. But so when we go back into that, you said that obviously the, the YouTube video started to bring in more business, more in-person coaching business. How far did that continue? Does that even continue to today? Do you still get the opportunity to do some in-person coaching? Or is at this point, it's just the YouTube is is such a big thing. It's a time consumer. Yeah, I stopped coaching. So I was still coaching until the first lockdown in the UK, uh, first COVID lockdown. And I do enjoy coaching, but everything else has got so busy now that realistically if i wanted to coach and be what i would class as a good coach i would have to be putting a lot more time into it i mean coaching is is the same as anything if you coach and you coach regularly you are going to be a better coach because you get more practice simple as that you see more goal swings you interact with more people you see new things you learn new things now 
at the moment I am still learning. I'm, you know, probably got a more in-depth knowledge of the golf swing technique and everything else than I did a few years ago. But actually applying that to lessons, that's something I'm going to have to get back used to when I start coaching again. I can't see me coaching in person again for a few years still because I'm lucky in the sense that a golf coach, you know, I can do that. I can do that for as long as I want. You know, mm-hmm. my knowledge and my abilities as a coach will probably only grow over time. Whereas the chances are within, you know, five, 10 years, I'm probably not going to want to be running around the way that I'm doing now. So it's a case of saying, let's concentrate on what we're doing here. Let's see where we end up because very much YouTube, social media and everything that we're doing. If you told me a year ago, I'd be in this position doing what I'm doing. I'd have said, you're crazy. The year before that, I said the same thing. If you'd asked me this eight years ago, that I'd be sat like in my own studio, just taken on the office next door. Uh, we've got to kick that out. Um, you know, just come back from Scotland a few weeks, we're going to be going to the open and we go to Germany. And it's just looking at my diary for the next, literally until August, every week, every week there's something in there. Yeah. And, you know, eight years ago when I started YouTube, I was looking out at a rainy driving range in Manchester thinking, you know, is this, is this it? You know, is this, is this what I want to do is, you know, and to go from that point to here now, it's, yeah, it's absolutely, it's absolutely crazy. And I'm still not entirely sure how it's happened. So. <laughs> from that point to now coming up on a half a million subscribers, it's, it's an incredible accomplishment. Is I mean, commend you on that. It's just an incredible accomplishment. And now, too, you talk about the, the workload now spinning off and doing the second channel. So so tell us a little bit about this. And, and I know, too, a little background, um, Swing Quest. Originally, this, that was a, a book you had done, correct? Yeah. I, uh, a few years ago, I realized that I was uh, getting about five hours of sleep a night and thought that was way too much. So decided to... <laughs> Uh, write a book about <laughs> coaching and the lessons that I'd had. So the book is very much just based on, you know, Dave's in for a lesson. Here's what we did with him. Here's how we fixed his issues. Here's what you can learn. And it was a it was a book of the lessons and and what we found at the other end of um, end of that coaching. And it's something which I think I'll return to eventually um, and do a little bit more of, but. Because that's already out there, because that's probably in the future going to be my you know, coaching brand. I hate the word, but that you know that's what I'm kind of thinking it will be. It seemed a natural fit, and it allows us to really focus in on something which people really are interested in. Still, you know, golf is such a hard game, and to be able to access the amount of information that a golfers can now is incredible. You know, 20 years ago, if you wanted help with your swing, you either had to go for a lesson, uh, which a lot of people don't like to do. But you had to get a magazine. You had to get a video, DVD. Um, You know, jumping on YouTube while you're on the course, fixing yourself in real time, that just wasn't possible. Um, And if you think about what it's like now, you know, just imagine what it's going to be like in 10 years. You know, who, who knows what? that landscape's going to look like. So I think having those options to deliver coaching content away from the main channel, I think it's something which we were very keen to explore. And and already it's doing so much better than we thought. I mean, I wanted to try and get 30,000 subscribers within the first year. And we did that like within the first month. So, wow. you know, I, I'm just like, I, I, I couldn't believe it, to be honest. I was like, maybe I was setting my expectations a bit too low, but I was like, wow, that's, crazy and then after that point i was hoping for fifty thousand by the end of the year and we're probably going to do that next few months so it's like the, the, yeah on, on, honestly every, every time I, I think about it and talk about it i get a little bit like stuff for words so i just don't know what's happening like, <laughs> well what's happening is that you're clearly touching a nerve like people enjoy your because con- your content and the way that you teach it because the truth is like uh, there we've seen YouTube golf explode 
There are a lot of coaches now who are trying to do that, um, which I think I think is another thing that that speaks to what you're doing for the game. Even you offering to lend a little bit of insight and help to that to other coaches to come along and and learn YouTube and 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 be able to do that. What's the motivation there? Um, probably if I well put it this way, if I hadn't have moved. From I was down in uh, Shropshire, it's like a different county in the UK, um, and I wanted to be a little bit closer to home. I wanted to be in a busier environment, and it just so happened that some people who I went to college with were at a driving range, and they just happened to be doing YouTube, and that is how I just happened to get into this. Mm-hmm. Now, if I hadn't taken that job, if I'd stayed where I was or gone somewhere different, you know, we wouldn't be having this conversation now because the chances are I'd have moved somewhere where people weren't doing YouTube, um, more than likely a golf club environment eight years ago, I would have moved somewhere where people would have been probably saying things like, oh, YouTube will never work. You know, why mm-hmm. would you waste your time with that? So it is very much luck that I fell into this situation. And now people can see the advantage of it, but not a lot of pros really have the understanding of what it takes. And let's be honest, that makes perfect sense. You know, people don't turn pro, become a golf coach and automatically understand how to make videos. It's a completely different skill set. So trying to give that advice and trying to give a little bit of insight into how it works and what can be achieved is, yeah, is absolutely not essential, but I think if people want to give it a go, there should be somewhere where they can have the information and an understanding of what it takes. Yeah. So Pete, I'm, oh, sorry, go ahead. I would say, I would even argue that eventually I think it might become something that's essential just because it's going to get to a certain point. Like, like it was years ago that you had to have a business card. It almost feels like the, to compete in, in, in the landscape of, of teaching and being a golf professional you almost feel like maybe it's not a YouTube channel, but some understanding some, some sort of presence, yeah. you know, some sort of way that people can discover you um, just because it's become such a, such a way that people find their coaches yep. is through that. But go ahead, Mike. Well, I was going to say, you know, you know, stripping that content out, the instructional, moving it to a new channel where that's going to be primarily the focus. What, it, what are we going to see on the main channel? What's your highest stoke level of stuff? I mean, is it going to be you versus the head pro? Cause that thing got massive views. It obviously was very successful for you. Are we going to mm-hmm. be seeing more of those fun style videos playing a hole with a one iron? Is that going to be the fun for the regular Peter Finch channel? Yeah. Um, but also, also maybe something a bit different. So we've cut down the amount of videos that we release on the main channel. So we're only doing two a week um, at the moment. Simple reasons is we just need more time to produce the kind of videos that we want. So like that head pro, that head pro challenge is done um, fantastically well. Um, it's done better than you know, we could have expected. We took obviously the whole day to film that and to get that all done, um, and it took a good you know couple of days to edit and get together. So if we're going to try and produce that style of content and that scale of content, it just takes longer. I like three days to produce one video. Mm-hmm. Again, a few years ago where I was releasing a video a day, I thought that was crazy. Like, why Why would I do that? I can get 44 videos done in three days. Um, but actually, the way that people engage with YouTube and use YouTube now has changed. You know, if you want to watch videos and you want to just get multiple forms of entertainment, you don't really go to youtube at the moment you'll go on instagram reels you'll go on tiktok you know you'll just scroll through and get those short form videos and you'll get the entertainment like that on youtube people primarily now are going on there and that head pro video that was 44 minutes they're watching it as a like they would a tv program yeah that's that that that's how people are kind of engaging and watching that stuff so if people go into the mentality that they're going to sit there for 44 minutes we've got to make sure it's a good video Mm-hmm. so you know having having that challenge and it's something we're definitely going to carry on with doing the quest for the open things which is a bit more of a bit more of a personal journey but this year we are filming the competitions as well which again is absolutely but 
clenching terrifying uh to begin with you know it's it's again just that progression of the content that we can do and i think challenges are going to be something that we're going to do more of but we're going to expand it and probably go a little bit a little bit crazy with it now i've got i managed to get i've got three guys working with me now as well so the actual amount of stuff we can do is has grown yeah, I was going to ask you about your team because here you are as mm. Peter Finch Golf, and every time I open up TikTok, Instagram, YouTube Shorts, you got posts coming out. So I was going to ask you, like, are you a one man shop? I mean, but you obviously have a team of people helping you there like crazy. No, I mean, I think if I let's say if I measured the output of content between now and three years ago, I'd actually probably say that it's a similar amount. Uh, I think on social media, we're putting out a lot more. I've got Kieran, my social media manager, who's um, actually looking at things in a completely different way. But what's different now to what we were do- what I was doing three years ago is I've got people on board who actually know what they're doing. And surprise, surprise, that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got, I-, I think I've just got lucky. I've got, I've got three guys who are really good at what they do, very, kind of passionate and interested in this whole um this whole process as well and and how to grow and how to evolve as times change that i can give so much more responsibility over to them just let let them run with it and it's been it's been brilliant it's been quite hard in some respects actually giving up control and saying you know you guys just you know do that and me not getting too involved in a few things but Overall, it's just been, yeah, it's been brilliant. It's, it's been, it's allowed me, I wouldn't say more time to relax, but it's allowed me to then concentrate on other things. So, I mean, the Quest for the Open is a great, um, a great example of that. If I do want to make that series a success, that actually takes practice. It right. actually takes time to put in the work and get better, uh, which I don't think I've really done over the last few years. I've, I've dabbled at it, but actually carving out more time to work on my own game it's yeah that's been good (laughs) yeah well i mean we can only imagine ourselves not being serious competitive golfers but still wanting to play well and we see it so many times we get into this loop of filming these challenges and things like that and we're finding maybe we have a handful of scores that we can actually record for our handicap in a year because you know we're doing wild other stuff out there so it's it is tough to split those lives between them playing seriously and and creating that great content. But one thing with the content is oftentimes it can kind of, it can follow the, the, what, what gets the most views and what people seem to attach to us from an audience standpoint, the most we end up doing more and more of for obvious reasons, Mm -hmm. but views aside, what excites you the most? What, what do you enjoy making the most? What types of content? Um, I used to, well, certainly I really used to enjoy the travel um, videos we used to do simply because, you know, getting to some of the amazing locations and countries that we've managed to visit, that, again, was something that I didn't think we'd have any chance of doing when we started this. I mean, it was a few years ago, I went over to Jordan and went to Petra. So it's like one of the you know, ones of the world, it's it's the one where Indiana Jones was filmed when he walked through that little ravine. Show yeah, <laughs> my show yeah. my knowledge <laughs> that ravine, and then it's got this like, um, you know, amazing. Uh, they're all tombs built into uh, these sandstone cliffs, and I kind of I, I did stand there at that moment and think like, what, how, what, like, what's happening? Like, wh- how is a golf YouTuber? from Manchester who just did grip and chipping videos suddenly in one of the wonders of the world filming it. I, that's not, that's not a normal transition. <laughs> right. You know, that's, that's just weird, isn't it? So that is the time I did used to really, really enjoy that stuff. But now certainly over the next few years and probably because of what was happened um, with COVID and the lack of travel that we were able to do, we're still going to do some, uh, foreign trips and get around to some cool places but like really this year and next year I want to try and focus a little bit more in the UK you know there's mm-hmm. so many amazing places and amazing courses that we've 
still not played, still not visited. And the head pro series is is one of the reasons for that. So we can get around to these different areas and just experience different golf within these islands, which, you know, do have some amazing places to play. And it seems a shame that despite them being on our doorstep, we've we've hardly been to any of them. Yeah. So many courses in England and Scotland and Wales and Ireland. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, we say that a lot about the United States. I mean, there's incredible courses that there's, there's states we haven't even been to. Right. I mean, we recently mm. did a, a trip uh, to Vermont because uh, like even in the States, everyone thinks the main ones, the hits in, in you know, in Arizona and Pebble Florida Beach, yeah. and, and uh, we're like one state over here. There's some incredible golf that no one knows mm-hmm. about, including the oldest golf course, continually operating golf, golf course, course in America, America that we got to play. But um, going into that COVID thing, it's been an interesting duality with that in that we obviously, we, we all of us traveled less. We had to adapt our content. We had to do things differently. But on the same token, the, the little bit of silver lining is that it seems to have really grown the game. There's been so much more interest in the game. Have you seen that too? I mean, because obviously you'd be one of the first entry points for people seeing that because as people, they mm. discover the game, the first thing they want to do is they want to learn it and get better. And you've got a catalog that's eight years old worth of just incredible instruction. Did you see that across the board that people are just like floating, flowing in from that? Yeah, the, it's something which... It does sound bad to say, but the the facts and the stats are undeniable. You know, COVID, despite all the horrors that it brought, was good for golf. Yeah, it's it's as it's as simple as that. Like the the fortunate fact of golf, because it is naturally a sport that you can distance and that you can you know play on your own if needs be, meant that throughout the whole pandemic, it was one of the only activities that people could do. Right. So naturally it attracted more people and i think what a lot of courses have done and what they've managed to i think probably the the greatest success of this is actually maintain those members because it would have been very easy to you know someone to get into golf for a year two years and then go back to you know playing football playing cricket playing tennis you know whatever those sports were that they couldn't actually do during the pandemic but that's one of the good things about golf, you know, yeah. from from people who look from the outside golf generally in the past, it's an old stuffy game. It's difficult to understand and it's hard. But once people get into it, they get hooked. You know, we're all we're all in the same boat here of of playing at times some truly horrific golf. And yet we we keep going back. Yeah. Why? Why? Why do we do that? I played a comp yesterday and I was. I was questioning this when I walked off. I was like, "Why am I? Why am I doing it? Why? Why am I playing this game?" It's but you so did make hard. a cut recently, though. Didn't you make a cut like a couple of days ago for something? Oh yeah, yeah. Now I, I made the cut and I finished. I think I finished twenty twenty fifth in the end, twenty fifth. Yeah. But it was with so many triples and doubles. It was unbelievable. I've never. I've, I, I, just, I, don't, I, even now I don't even know what happened. Like completely blacked out on a few holes. <laughs> Not a clue. Yeah. Not not a clue what was going on. Um and that's but that's yeah, that's the great thing about golf. Like for whatever reason, here today I am back practicing. When in reality, any other sport, I think that I'd be having such a torrid time with it. I won't go yeah. back. No way. Mm-hmm. No chance. Right. I don't There's get it. plenty of experiences where it's like, well, that was fun once. I'm I'm done there. But there's something about golf, as you said, it just gets the hooks in you where it's the harder it is, the more you want to get back in there and keep trying. And it's just, uh, I, I think that's why, like you said, it's a sticky game in that way. It's not just like people mm-hmm. went to it and now let's go back to our normal, whatever we were doing pre-golf. People are, are really staying in it. But um, let's talk a little bit about where you're at right now with this quest for the Open. So uh, we've been following around, seeing, it, it, I think you're three episodes into the series this time. The Open is about, mm-hmm. oh, what, a month away? In July, yeah. Um, so where are you personally at in the journey right now? Uh, I'm, I'm still quite a long way off. So <laughs> I think this, this year I have found an incredible level of consistency in some respects that even if I'm playing absolutely terrible, I can't seem to shoot like 
over six or seven over par. I just, I find a few birdies. I managed to get some pars and I never, I never shoot in the eighties. Like for whatever reason, it's just not happening. But at the same time, I'm not getting under par enough to actually um, kind of get to the open at the moment. There's no, there's no chance of that. I think the way I'm playing at the moment, if I played, if I played decent, I would probably get through regional qualifying. So that's the first stage of open qualifying. But there's no chance I'm getting through. I'm getting through final qualifying at the moment. Not, not the way I'm playing. Not unless I start catching fire. So, I think I've got yeah about a month till open qualifying now, or just under. So I'm just going to spend all that time really grinding. I managed to get all our content for the main channel film for the next four weeks. So that should allow me a little bit more time to actually practice and to actually yeah get ready. Um, but it's not, yeah. I wouldn't say it's looking great at the moment. Do you play any golf without the camera on? This year, I would say for the first time in about seven years, yeah. I went, this, okay. it, it was quite, it is, it, it sounds so stupid, but it is strange, like going out on a golf course and not filming anything. Because yeah, it is. Like I've, I've, I've programmed myself for, you know, the best part of a decade that if I'm playing golf and I'm out on a golf course, if I'm not filming, I'm wasting time. Right. That's what we said. You know, yeah. <laughs> actually go actually going out to a golf course to play golf just purely for playing golf. It's not it's it's not something I've been doing. So this year it's still not it's still not enough, but this year I've probably managed to get one round a week in when I'm not filming. Okay. That's you nice. know, and I bring that up Which, because we had um George Bryan on the show last week, Bryan Brothers, and he's on the quest for the US Open. And I watched the mm-hmm. video, I'm sure you've probably seen it. Uh, where he said in the car before he went out, he goes, guys, I'm not going to interact with the camera at all. The camera will be on me, but I'm just all focused today. Is that the mindset for you for these qualifiers in the open? Is it like, you guys just capture it, you won't see me? What can the audience expect for that stuff? <sighs> it's going to be hard for you, I think, to stay away from the camera, right? And interact yeah, with the and, and I think it's I think it's different for different people as well. So if you think about if you go like the the top examples, so if you think about someone like Tiger, you know, when he was, when he was in his pomp and when he was playing, he didn't see the galleries. You know, he was that, he was that focused. He, he, he just, you know, he could have seen his best friend in the crowd and walked past him. You know, he just wouldn't have, wouldn't have recognized him. He would have been so focused. Whereas you think about someone like uh, Phil Mickelson, for example, chatting, interacting, laughing, joking, you know, Lee Trevino, classic example, you know, he'd spend, he's go out of his way to chat to people. And it just depends what works for different people. Now, generally, I play my best golf when I'm relaxed. And if a camera is there pointing at me and I'm actively trying to avoid it, that would not make me relaxed. That just make it just be weird. It's like, oh, God, a camera pointing at me. I just want to say something. So, so you'd be I, a yeah, mess if you made it into the open. You are sorry. You, you would be a mess if you made it into the open. Nerve, nerves wise, is that true? Oh, um, yeah, probably. <laughs> I, it, it is. It. You know, it was, it was quite a strange. It was quite a strange situation when we did the first head pro video down at Abu Dhabi. You know, we had probably over hundred people on the first tee watching, and I've never had that many people kind of watch watch play golf before. Open qualifying get quite a few, but that was definitely the biggest crowd, solely focused on you know, that match. And actually I probably played within that game. I probably played some of my best golf of the year. Mm-hmm. And I certainly finished the strongest once I did, once I did get comfortable and that I don't want to put any spoilers on it, but the, the last put on the last green to actually win the match. Mm-hmm. So nervy, but mm-hmm. everyone watching and I managed to stick it. I managed to hold it. And to be honest, it's that kind of experience where, when I'm over that length of put in the future, I can go back to that and think, you know what? Yeah. I've I've all this put under some real kind of pressure. This this isn't an issue. And that's actually helped in the last few comps when I've started to put a lot there, just recalling those type of memories. So it's the same as anything. It's like I mentioned with coaching. You've just got to put yourself in these situations to gain the experience to know how to handle it. You know, the yeah. first time I did open qualifying when I got a crowd round, I couldn't I couldn't the bloody club on the first tee now 
I, I know that when open ball fan comes around, I'm going to be a lot more relaxed. Yeah, it's just it's like anything in golf. The more you can practice in the pressured situations, the better you'll be when when you experience them. And whether that mm-hmm. pressure is just a personal wanting to achieve a personal best score, or whether it's that that you've got hundreds of eyeballs on you, whichever one it is, the more you do it, this the more comfortable you become. All right, guys, we will get you right back to our interview with Peter Finch, but we want to thank this week's sponsor, Rapsodo. And guys, the Rapsodo mobile launch monitor gives you all the metrics you need to improve your golf game. And we just tested this out on the range the other day, Mike, just incredibly impressed with the level of insight that you get out of this device. Mm -hmm. It can be very easy to think of it just as as how much fun it is out there. You get your, your launch monitor numbers and you get that little tracer on the screen. But what's happening in the background is what's so incredible to me. Um, one of the many insights that Rapsodo offers is that shot dispersion feature. Yeah, it's key. a visual mm-hmm. overlay. So one thing we say is like, if you're going to practice, practice with a purpose. That's how you really get better. And we're talking with P- with Peter Finch about it right now. You know, he you heard a lot of stuff that he was mentioning about his practice and how he has to get ready to you know in order to try to qualify. Well. A lot of us as amateur golfers, we need to take a play from that book, but a lot of us just don't know. How do we focus our practice? Well, that's where something like this can really help you. Uh, You can optimize your club gapping. You can dial in your wedges. You can really fine-tune that driver, fairway woods. You can use it indoors into a net right. or outdoors and you're going to get all of that insight. Again, you guys are going to see, we, we recently did a whole video on that. We're going to dive into that because it helps making your practice so much more purposeful, so much more focused. And I love when you run through the bag, Mike, and then all of a sudden you notice, hey, well, this is one club that has much bigger dispersion than yeah, the other. That's the one to work on. That's the one to work on. It's starting to apply some real data data to your game that helps you practice with a purpose like i said we did a whole video on it you're not going to miss it but i think my favorite part about this is how affordable this technology has become get this you know with if you could use our coupon code golficity mlm all lowercase golficity mlm you get a hundred dollars off it brings the episode of mobile launch monitor down to 399 wow 399 bucks yeah to have what something that we could only have dreamed of years ago on the range with us a launch monitor that is giving us our data and is storing that data and is making it in a way that we can understand not only do you have the data in front of you i love in the insights you can click the button it'll tell you right there like if you had a coach with you top tip this is what you need to work on mm-hmm. it'll say your seven iron dispersion is above uh, other golfers of your your average ability so right. that's something to work on so check it out father's day is also around the corner so if you pick one up for yourself or for that you know dad golfer in your life Use that coupon code GOLF is the MLM, $100 off, $399, Rapsoda Mobile Launch Monitor. That's all I have to say. I'll never go bang another bucket of balls without it. No. To it's, me, it's so portable. Pointless. It's so, you could clip on your bag. It's, it's, it's like the size, the size of a range finder. Yeah, exactly. And you get all that data. Something I said, you, we could have never imagined only a few years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And, and before we get back to Pete, we just want to uh, mention FootJoy. You got to bring some heat to your golf game this summer with the new fuel from FootJoy. They're stylish. They deliver fit and comfort of a sneaker, and they're packed with uh, they're packed of golf-specific innovation for men, women, juniors. Uh, I love the vibrant colors on them. You know, you get a little blue and orange mix yeah. in one pair that we have. Uh, they're so comfortable. They're super light. It doesn't even feel like you're wearing shoes out there. I almost feel like I'm barefoot, and that's so important when you're playing golf i mean the, the fuel appeals to all levels of the game you don't have to be a scratch golfer to have this type of shoe so what whatever you're wearing shorts uh skorts you wear your skorts still frank yeah, yeah. playing a quick nine when on, we play from uh, the forward tees. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> or if you're going out there for a full day of 36 guys check out the foot joy fuel uh they've been engineered to bring some serious heat to your golf game you can learn everything about the fuel by visiting and FootJoy.com. the price point is perfect they're super affordable in fact in fact, a whole bunch of us have been talking about it in the Golf is the Facebook group. Yep. Um, just, you know, I, I remember a, co- a question was thrown out there. I'm looking for really comfortable spikeless shoes that are, you know, affordable, looking for something sub $150. Jumped in there. We were talking about the fuel. That's my go-to pick. It's like bringing the comfort of sneakers out there and the stability that you get from FootJoy. Put those two together at a great price point. That's the fuel. You're not going to want to miss out on this one. All right, let's get back to our interview now with Peter Finch. I've got a question I want to ask you that I've been dying to ask you for for a while now. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. I think I may know the answer to it, but maybe I'm wrong. So Peter Finch, if I handed you a ticket 
to the to the Open Championship today and told you you are going to the tournament, you are going to be playing in the tournament, and you are going to be paired up with Tiger Woods. But you have to quit YouTube forever. What do you do? Um, I I probably yeah I don't think I'd quit YouTube. <laughs> That's what I thought. No, I don't. I think your passion no, I don't, is I don't, videos. Yep. I don't, I don't think so. It it is one of the weird things. I like, get comments um a lot of the time on um you know why don't if you if you do want to do like a quest for the open you should be playing full time for example and you know you should be right. you should be fully committed to it. Well, to be honest, it, it's just not having done this and been lucky enough to spend quite a lot of time around tour pros now and understand um, kind of what they go through and the whole situation about what life is actually like on tour. But uh, this, this is, this is better for me. I, yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine actually uh, doing that and enjoying it. Well, I couldn't imagine doing that anyway, because I'm not good enough, but I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine doing that week to week on tour, grinding it out. Mm-hmm. Nah, it's not, it's not what it's not what i'd I'd enjoy i doing this kind of thing making the videos playing in events every now and again documenting that process learning you know i've I've created like my own little my own little bubble where i can sorry (laughs) the helicopters go over my roof um where i can like create and play in my own little bubble i mean that's that's really cool I, i i can create my own story around it and it's it's something which, again, I've just been really lucky in to be able to do. And if if I manage to, you know, somehow find some form and actually manage to get through to to the open, which is you know a, a one in a million chance right now, then to be honest, I probably won't be nervous because I'd be just that happy. I'd be yeah. like, who cares? Just hit, hit a t shirt off the first, right? And just NR done. I, I think too. It's also it's an un, it's an incredibly unselfish thing of you to do to share this journey. And I said, I said the same thing to, to George with the U S open is that sure you, you could put away the, the cameras, the, just focus on yourself and just put all the time in the world and just a, your, your own quest. But I think by sharing it, I, I think it helps a whole generation behind you of, of, of people who are watching this and it, it probably inspires them in their own journey and how they could potentially qualify. Maybe people who aren't YouTubers were, you know, just looking to qualify or, or it puts it on their radar. I think it's great that, that people like yourself are sharing this, this journey and, and showing what's involved, how difficult it is and, and things like that. So I think in a lot of ways, I think it's very uh, unselfish of you to not just say hey you guys uh, audience i'm putting you on pause so i can just focus on the open but instead bringing us with you i I don't know i just have this this gut feeling that there's somebody watching that somewhere that's going to learn something from it and they're gonna they're gonna play in the open someday i just oh i mean yeah i i mean that would be that would really be the ultimate like the ultimate dream and yeah we're starting to we're starting to see it already there's a lot of a lot of people who we film with now. So I think Kiara um, is one of the kind of standouts in my mind. So uh, she's just turned pro. She's 16. Um, she swings it absolutely fantastically. And when I was chatting to her the first time I met her, um, you know, she was saying that she was watching our YouTube videos when she was a junior. And that's kind of what helped inspire her to play golf. That's and she actually, I, I don't remember this when I met her and um, I met her dad, but they actually approached me, I think via email, um, for lessons for Kiara. Fortunately for her, she swerved that and actually got some good coaching. <laughs> but it's, you know, we're, we're starting to just get into that generation now of, you know, within the next few years, the young pros who are coming onto tour. The chances are that they've probably at some point being on YouTube, watch YouTube, yeah. learn stuff from YouTube. And they're going to be carrying all, obviously you know, coaching and all the rest of it, but they're going to be moving on to tour, coming out of an environment where actually if they did want any information to improve, they could get it online straight away. Yeah. And you hear about it quite a bit in other sports about, you know, people who often don't have access to coaching. Um, and they don't have the money, they don't have the facilities, they don't, they have an impediment blocking them from 
potentially achieving what they can, they can just hop on the internet and find that information. Now. And that's mm-hmm. so good. You know, it, it, it's so nice to think that uh, someone could watch a video and then be empowered to actually follow a journey and to, you know, make their own, you know, make their own path just by, just by something you've done. I think that'd be the ultimate dream. I think that, You've probably been a little bit too kind. I think probably people do watch just to see me slap it around. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, if 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 that is the case, then yeah, that'd be amazing. And, and it's so true too. You talk about growing the game and stuff. We're starting to just now see as YouTube and stuff becomes accessible into into other countries that uh, are are a little bit behind in in you know us in their development of like broadband internet access and 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 you know people having that access. Who knows what other countries will, will we talk about grow the game. And I, I always wanted that to not just be like a word we throw around. I mean, I think this is one of the things that really does that, you know, people are going to discover the game through that. They may be entertained. And that's why I like when you doing this mix of the entertainment and the instruction, because they may come on entertained by one of the, the fun challenges you take on. And they're like, what is this game? And now they've got the instruction to go hand in hand with it. So mm-hmm. I think it's exciting stuff, but I got, I'm sorry. I, I, I got to just ask one question I want to ask you because it came in from an audience member. Um, collabs you've collabed with from dude. Perfect to Billy Horschel, other tour players. People love collabs. It's awesome to see you have the opportunity to, to do those things with that, those caliber, can we expect any big collabs this year on the channel that you have in the works that you could talk about or no? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, so we yeah, have a, there's a quite collab, a few, anything like that. I mean, that'd be amazing. Yeah. I think again, it's more like the, it's just getting used to that traveling again and getting stuff sorted. Right, but I mean, that, that will, that will happen eventually. The something I'm really excited about this year kind of mentioned, um, Billy Horschel there. You know, we've got now, um, channel partners who, and we're always very keen to like stress this to anyone who comes on board. So, you know, Footjoy, for example, uh, we shots go, um, got a, massive partner coming on next week which i'm very very excited about that whenever someone comes on board and partners with the channel it's always under the um understanding that they are going to provide their ambassadors to actually do some filming with you know and that's how we do get access to you know the billy horschels and hopefully with whoop some of their ambassadors and you know it's it it's that connection through the sponsors which really unlock these big names within the sport and then obviously as far as social media goes you know you've got the other creators and you know we're always open to to doing stuff with those guys i might have an idea of who you're talking about okay (laughs) all right but that's awesome that's because you know collabs are great it's a big thing on youtube we love seeing you know uh, people love to see their two favorite youtubers or ever get together and things like that or, or their their pga tour, tour star and their favorite youtuber together you know i know rick with tommy fleetwood and and those those are really great videos yeah to see how you interact with such a top you know and, caliber golfer and it's always great to see when when you have a brand that is such a good fit that it it elevates the content yeah. rather than just being like an an ad read in the content. And I, I think I've loved what you've done with ShotScope. We've worked with ShotScope for a long time, but it's been an awesome fit for you in like giving the visuals of the data, decompressing some of the rounds afterwards. Um, I always think that that's a win. And, and I think what you're saying there is, is really cool. The idea of saying, Hey, if we're going to work together, let's, you know, get access to some of their other, um, other people. And, and it's just, it's just, a, it's again, it's a, a win for everybody. Because it's a mm-hmm. win because the content becomes better for it and it's not just throwing an advertisement in someone's face. Yeah, and it's, 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 that's the thing. It's really important. It's Advertising is obviously the reason that partners do come on board with, with any channel. But right. it's, allowed, it's allowed advertising, it's allowed creators to actually figure out ways to make it interesting, to make it entertaining and to actually 
represent products that you you know believe in i i, I know I, it yeah. sounds so so cheesy and it sounds like so salesy but here it comes for yeah no for like for whoop for example like whoop's a great example because i was using them for a good year before they came on board so i already knew about it and i already kind of trusted exactly what they were doing with it and then when they said they wanted to partner that was like that was great i mean yeah that's just a perfect example and a, a wonderful opportunity to um kind of create content and they've obviously got you know a lot of great ambassadors and a lot of fingers in pies yep. so it is just a it is just a win-win and again it's just like isn't it crazy that like these companies these major international brands are sponsoring working with you know working with me working with you guys working with all these creators and they're not and yeah i, I yeah honestly i i still think about it and i know I've, i know i've said it a lot but it is just it is so confusing to me and amazing at the same time yeah, it's it great is. we've had so many of those shared experiences too we're going getting fit for a new set of titleists and we're like how are we this lucky like, how is this happening right now? But I, I think that that's one key thing. It's like making sure, and it's an art to it too, making sure that the, the, the sponsorships and the brand partnerships that you do are somebody that you actually enjoy. Because at the end of the day, none of us are trained actors. We're people who learn to put a cat, turn a camera on. So it's, you, the, the audience is smart enough to, to see through it if you're faking it. Right. If you don't really care about yeah. the product, they see right through it. So I think the art is finding those synergies where it's like the brand wants to be involved and you want to be involved. You have to both want to be involved or people will see through it and it will fail. So I think there's an art to that. I think all the ones that you've done it with, it's just been very, like it just elevated the content. And I think that that is a, it's a, it's, a, it's a hard thing to achieve, but when you get it right, it, it's just good for everybody. Yeah, it's it, you just got to make sure from from the outset that if somebody if somebody wants to come on board, um, you chat it through, you discuss, you think about it. If if you're trying to almost force an idea and to try and think, you know, oh well, you know, is it possible for them to elevate the content? Then the chances are you just got to say no because, like I said, the audience will will sniff it out and right. they'll understand that your heart isn't in it. And you know, at the end of the day, if, if people are on social media and they are, they are taking on sponsorship, you know, it is, it is a job at the end of the day, people are trying to make money, but if you can get something on board, if you get someone on board, a company on board, who's then going to, like I said, allow you to make better videos, then that's perfect. Yeah. Like exactly. I said, that win—that's a win for everybody involved, all all three parties: the, the creator, the 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 sponsor, and the audience, mm -hmm. for right. sure. Um, all right. Well, listen. I, I mean, this has been this has been great getting catching up with you a little bit. Uh, we'll continue to follow with with the quest for the open. Oh, you know what? That reminds me. I had one other question for you. With that, how much of it? Because I remember recently hearing, I think someone was talking about Scotty Scheffler or somebody. It's about with the lot with the pros. It's just about getting hot at the right time. For mm -hmm. something like this, for someone playing at your level, how much of it is committing and grinding and doing the work versus also, as all golfers do, we ebb and flow. We just hit these moments of confidence and we're just playing well, just getting hot at the right time and, and getting hot right around that qualifying time. How much of that is that balance for you? It's it's tough because when you, like with, with Scott Scheffler and with um, – with the big with the big boys i think when when you spend around when you spend time around the tour pros you know and you kind of understand a little bit more that the difference between somebody who finishes 30th one week and the person who finishes first there might be 15 shots different but in reality over the course of that week they play very similar golf there's there's very very little between them honestly like i know a lot of people say that tour pros are are good but they are so good and like the top hundred players in the world like you any one of them can win at any time it is just that case of a few more puts going in yeah it's right. it, yeah, i know it sounds a bit bit of a cliche but that you know, it's just it's just a fact really um every now and again you do get that dominant athlete who just like just smashes everyone out of the park who changes the game but 
at my level. <laughs> um, let's let, let's just try and let's just try and achieve a level of consistency first, where I'm not terrified about losing a ball off a tee as I was yesterday. Like, so let's let's get past that, and then we can have a think about trying to catch fire at the right time. Okay, there you go. Well said. Well said. <laughs> All yes, right, well, that, that's that's why that that's why I'm here today because honestly, I'm after this call, I am on that mat and I'm figuring out how the hell I can hit a control draw with my driver because, oh my god, hitting a fade into a crosswind yesterday, it was awful. So, yeah, that's my that's my goal for today. But I, yeah, the the problem is with me. I think once I get that figured out, my iron play will be crap. Or my putting. <laughs> I just I think to get and getting everything together is uh, is not easy, but I think over the course of the next few weeks, and 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 that should actually allow me time to practice and figure it out because you know the really good players, even in my region, even at my level, you know they are playing and practicing all the time, whereas I have to kind of really kind of focus and ration when I'm when I'm doing things. Mm -hmm. So it's it's difficult to it's difficult to juggle. It's difficult to figure out. and me not be the most organized person in the world does not make that easier. So, right. Yeah. Sorry. Off of the tangent. Well, no, you're right. It's, and that's why I said, go back to what I said before. That's why I, I'm, I'm so glad that you did make the decision to still bring the audience along on it and not just make this a, a separate personal journey. Because I think at the end of the day, whether you make it, you don't make it at, at the end of the day, you've made some great content, some great entertaining stuff and people will, will use it for not only be entertained, but they'll learn from it and, carried on in the future so just great stuff and and we appreciate you taking your time out from all of that busy stuff to, to speak with us i'm sure you'll get that driver straightened out afterwards but <laughs> thanks for taking the time it's uh it's been really great catching up with you no cheers guys hopefully uh well hopefully we'll see you soon are you, are you over here at any point or what's the yeah, uh, we've got some plans in the work, possibly around the Ryder Cup. Yeah, which next year? Uh, next but. year. Um, right now, most of our stuff keeps us here. We're gonna we're gonna be doing a, a trip to Whistling Straits in a couple of weeks, and we've That's got some fun stuff. For us, it's the same. Just starting to just get back out of of into traveling, mm-hmm. into the mode again, um, because it just felt like we were going not going anywhere, and and so much got canceled. This this trip to Whistling Straits was was what we were supposed to do right before lockdown happened. So. Mm-hmm. We're kind of filling up our own little backlog of travel, but we had so much fun. Uh, the two times we made it out there to the UK, you know, England first and then Scotland, there is no doubt the itch is there to get back. So we will, we will keep you posted. Awesome. Cool. All right, guys. All right. Thanks so much and good luck on everything. Cool. Cheers guys. Speak to you. Thank you. Thanks, Take care. All right. That was great. Great. Just to even, yeah. even virtually, getting a chance to, to catch up with, with Peter again, as you mentioned, Mike uh, on the show, it's been, uh, it's more than two years since, since we saw him, right. um, got together for, for a bite when we were down at, uh, the PGA show a couple of years ago. And then we had, you know, YouTube golf day. Um, but it, it's cool. It's really cool to see someone like Peter, you know, just I mean, get the level of success that he got. Sure. Right. And here's somebody who's been doing it for quite some time, and he still, as he said, I, I think that was like the thing that kept driving home for me, how how surprised he was by the places that it had taken him and the right. things that it had done for and him. And we see that all the time. Like, it's amazing the places that this game has taken us. Right. And the people we've met because of this game. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's it's great to see, you know, when, when good people succeed, mm-hmm. you want to root for them even exactly. harder. Exactly. Um, and, and that's something that we've seen with Peter. And, and there's just so much as he said, on the fire, new stuff coming up. Um, if, if you're not already subscribed to us, they're not one of the half a million people already subscribed right. to his, his YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe, but, but also check out his new channel swing quest. Um, especially if you like some of, uh, of the, the more traditional instructional, like very instructional focused content that, that he still does here and there on the main channel. But if you're just looking to hone in on that swing quest is for you, I've been subscribing and checking out some of those videos and, uh, I love it. As he was saying, it's great. The wealth of information that's out there. Right, it makes right. us all a little bit better. Sure. Um, so really great stuff. Appreciate him taking the time to come on the show today. And if there's somebody that you want to see us interview here on the show, drop in the comments. If you're watching this on YouTube or on Facebook, or uh, you can DM us. I know a lot of you, if you're listening to this on Spotify or wherever it may be, 
we're all yours. You know, and, and there's, there's probably quite a few that are on your list that are on our list too. Right. Yep, to get. Sure, we're working sure. on on getting more people because we just love this. The opportunity to sit and 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 talk in this long form, uh, you know, format with some of the different golf creators, influencers, whatever you want to call them in the space. But if there's somebody that's on your your list that you'd like to see on the show, let us know. Maybe even tag them. You know, nudge them a little bit. Yeah, give them a nudge. Get them on the podcast. Let's go. That's all right. right? You know, aim aim high, guys. Aim high. Yeah. That's for sure. All right. That's all we have for you this week. You can get to the show notes as always by going to golficity.com or in the Golficity app. And we'll see everybody again next week.